Blog Talk Radio. Prison Break Co-op, and it looks pretty sweet. 
Um, you have other games, too, from EA, of course. Star Wars Battlefront 2 coming out. Of course, we just talked about it. Ubisoft with the new Assassin's Creed. Of course, Ubisoft has awesome graphics. Will the game live up to the standard that it wants you to hold? Destiny 2. Is it going to be an epic RPG, first person, third person? Um, what is it going to be? You know, who's going to be on top of it? You know, who's going to make this a better game than what it used to be? And on top of that, you look at some of the things that you want to talk about, such as Final Fantasy XV, uh, you know, Shadow of Colossus being remade into an HD format. Are people upset with Bethesda and so on and whatnot? So we look at some other things like Spider-Man C3, you know, the panel basically uh, made it look a little bit bigger and better than what I think a lot of people really thought it was going to be. So I'm actually excited about this movie. I know Kyle would be excited about this movie as well. And I'm pretty sure that uh, you have other people lined up, you know, to be able to celebrate the Spider-Man series. And on top of that, you know, play, uh, play some of the old games. Of course, if you haven't heard, Xbox, of course, has announced the complete total back to the future, I guess you could say, mentality, which is that you can play all the original Xbox games on the Xbox One and the uh, Scorpio coming out as well. So I know a lot of people are excited about that. And if you just heard, there you go. I just made your day. Um, a couple things we'll speak to as well. Kyle's out today. He's got some school stuff going on. We had Ryan lined up to fill in. Ryan actually is got a family emergency, so he actually was on the car. He called me just before the show, sends out his love to everybody, and apologies. But he will be on soon. We are going to do another podcast this week, speaking further into E3, because both these guys, Ryan and Kyle, really wanted to talk more about it. But, of course, uh, we tonight we have Mandy Young coming on the show. Uh, we'll be doing an interview with her, talking about her battling uh, the challenges of her life, uh, being a public speaker, a role model, and how inspirational her story is to the world and to, you know, the new pop culture industry as it is, being friends with some of the people who work in the industry. And then on top of that, you know, being able to speak to what she has coming out, what she's planning on doing. And of course, her family's going to be on Family Feud. So we have a little surprise for her tonight as well with some game, if you will. But first and foremost, I want to take a quick second to say thank you all again. Uh, we have made it into nine countries, and of course, we're growing strong, long, strong, and Wong Yi Dong, I guess, I don't, something like that. Um, so, okay. First, we'll line it up. E3. The do's, the don'ts, the goods, the bads, and the ugly. You know, who won E3? Who came out on top? Um, you know, who put out the best product? What are people thinking? And do they actually believe that this E3 was probably worth investing into a newer console that's coming out this year or keeping an older one or maybe going and getting an older one, upgrading, waiting for the prices to drop like some people do? You look at some of the consoles, such as the PlayStation 4, the new addition of adding a, an HD hard drive to the console, being able to add more to your gameplay, and if you get the right one, faster than the hard drive, which is something the Xbox have already, you know, has included into his package. However, it makes the PlayStation gamer a little more loyal because now you don't have to buy these expensive hard drives online. You can actually buy, in a, you know, an external hard drive and plug it into the PlayStation format, and you're good to go. I've done that myself personally. So, 
I love it. Uh, God of War, you get to be a Viking. You look at this game, it looks outstanding. The graphics are awesome. It's a classic God of War story. Uh, it has a different actor behind it. Of course, we know it's the same man that does Last of the Voice. I'm sorry, not Last of the Voice, but it's uh, Last of Us from the PlayStation exclusive coming in and filling in the shoes for that. And, of course, you know, you have other titles that looks awesome. Resident Evil 7 looks pretty sweet. Uh, you know, and then you have Nintendo that actually kind of came out and stole a little bit of the flair and uh, getting that ready, you know, for for their exclusive Nintendo gamers out there. But the only thing is they're going to have to get the Twitches out there first, right? So we'll have to see exactly what Nintendo has in store for everyone. And on top of that, are they going to be more concurrent with the games that are for people of today? Not just Mario, not just you know, some of the Amiibos, not so just Pokemon and some of the anime that comes in with Nintendo day in and day out, but are they going to have Call of Duty? Are they going to have NBA 2K? Are they going to have Madden? Are they going to have, uh, you know, some other rights to games, if you will? So that's some concerns that you look into these consoles as you invest these hundreds of dollars and you start figuring, you know, what can you, I invest my money in and what's the best thing for me? So we look into those games and we look into these consoles, everything from PlayStation, Sony, Xbox, Microsoft, and of course Nintendo and the Switch. And um, you got to really put your money where the mouth is. In my opinion right now, it's the PlayStation. You put your money in a PlayStation, you get a better exclusives, you get better customer support, you get a faster processor, better gaming online, better graphics with your games when it comes to exclusives, and even some of the multiplayer that's online and the sports games, of course. And it's not only just an awesome system, but it's starting to turn into an entertainment system. Something, of course, we all know, Xbox, Microsoft is already there. It is an entertainment system within itself. However, when you look at the exclusives, not as many exclusives. If there are exclusives, not as good as Sony exclusives. You know, dare say you take, I don't know, let's just take Dead Rising versus Horizon Zero Dawn. The graphics are two, 10 million times the difference from each other. Better storyline, more bang for your buck. Rather spend 60 bucks on that brand new in a PlayStation 4 title and Horizon Zero Dawn. Arguably, if it would have been on both consoles, the candidate for Game of the Year uh, was awesome. Not bad for a group of people who make Killzone. So you look at exclusives. You look at what you have to pay money for. You look at the accessories. You look at online. And even though, yeah, you can record your DVR with your Xbox, and even though you can actually watch live TV through Xbox and speak to it and tell what to do, folks, trust me, I've had three Xboxes in my lifetime, all Xbox Ones, and every single one has made its way out my door. And I look at PlayStation, and I have probably had five. I've given two or three away um, as far as PlayStation 4. I have two in my house right now. And I use them every single day. And if I don't, my wife does. So it's become a natural part of life. And it has never left. And if it has left, it's either been given or traded for something better. So you look at the investment and it's there. PlayStation is definitely winning the race. 
They have sold more consoles. And on top of that, it just has better exclusives, which we all know the biggest fight between Xbox and PlayStation is exclusives. Xbox has Halo. PlayStation has Uncharted. You know, Xbox has Gears of War. PlayStation now has Last of Us and Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, I mean, you look at these different perspectives, and yeah, you look at some of the titles, the first-person shooters, the third-person shooters, you know, Metal Gear Solid. Do you want to play it on PlayStation? Do you want to play that on Xbox? Do you want to play Madden uh, 2017, you know, on PlayStation? Do you want to play it on Xbox? You know, do you want to play 2K on Xbox or PlayStation? It's your choice. It's your brand. It's what you choose to play with and what the graphics look better on and how the control feels in your hand. And that's what we can kind of take a look back at traditional consoles. You look at the PlayStation controller, it's the only controller that only has the X. Nintendo 64, GameCube, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Xbox, the original, and of course, a few other you know devices as well, but we mainly stick with those three right now. All of them have one button in common, that's the letter X. You hit X, that is your main button. PlayStation, however, does not have the three others, which is Y, B, and A. It has square, triangle, and circle, and then the X, of course. So, you know, you look at the con- the controllers, which was more comfortable? A lot of people say it's the Xbox, and it's because it's a bigger controller and it fits better in your hand. However, for the modern family, like a wife or a younger child, PlayStation is perfectly economically feasible not only that but it doesn't run on batteries it runs on a rechargeable internal battery so you don't have to spend bunches of money trying to replace you know or control that breaks because you can't keep the batteries in or you don't have to buy double a's for the rest of your life or a battery pack that you should not even have to spend extra money on playstation is that when the battery dies it dies and takes a long time to die and just buy another controller by the time you buy another controller, sixty bucks, yeah, maybe fifty bucks, yeah, maybe forty bucks, yeah. But you don't have to spend forty, fifty, sixty bucks in the course of a year on batteries for one controller that eventually you'll have to replace because the knobs are too cheap and they break. So you look at that. And then on top of that, you look at Nintendo. You have to spend money on a controller that only works for two or three games. And then on top of that, They've been having a lot of recalls on some of the controllers coming out for the, you know, the Nintendo Switch. So you you have to really look at the quality here, and you line them all up in the top three consoles. And even if you want to throw the Wii U in with the availability on the accessories, PlayStation has the most availability. It has the better uh, feel and fix for all of their accessories, and the quality lasts longer. Xbox and or we'll stick with Xbox for a second. Xbox has a mentality where it just doesn't stick it doesn't work for a long time it's cheaper made and if i know anything about it which i do have a lot of experience in it is because there is a third-party company making the product versus first party sony has a few little items worked on by its actual you know company i'm sorry not company but by a third party such as a couple of the buttons and the triggers 
Now, they build the remainder of the controller and design it by themselves in the factory and out from Japan and, you know, different parts of the United States and so on and whatnot. But as far as Xbox, it is completely built third-party from a company, as we all know and love, Afterglow and Madcats. Madcats, not so much love. It's cheaper as far as the product. It makes it to where their profit margin is higher and the controller is not as, as we all know, Mad Cats and Afterglow has problems staying together. They tend to break over time, and they have a lot of problems, and they seem to always mess up with syncing or something, which is why a lot of people had problems syncing the controller when the Xbox One first came out because it didn't have all the necessities, such as a USB to plug in, to your console. Now, of course, you didn't need that to sync it, but in all the other years past, you had to have one. Um, or you had to at least, you know, if you're a new newbie, you'd figure out a way to sync it yourself. Now, I know 360, you could sync it without the wire, but there were instances where it was a hard reset. So, we dive into that. And as far as Nintendo goes, you spend 50, 60, even 70 bucks on a controller, sometimes 80 and or a fight pad and you can only use it for one two three games and why in the world would you want to spend it on one two or three games when you spend that much money you could buy two or three games with that money for a playstation 4 or maybe even for your nintendo switch in the next few months to come in the holidays so you look at these different things and you start seeing similarities uh, you know, as far as the, the quality of the product, the amount of dollars you're going to spend per capita, said per capita, this sounds smart, of course. And then on top of that, you want to make sure that you are spending the right amount of money for your console in the right manner to what you use. My parents have a PlayStation with my sister, and they use it for watching TV. She plays some multiplayer games online, such as Star Wars Battlefront, and I still have yet to see her play Fallout 4. However, that is what they use it for. And it's practically on, I think, either, either every other day or I would dare say every day during the week. Using it for TV, media, streaming, Netflix, stuff like that. Now, I use it for gaming and those reasons. Now, if you look at an Xbox, people can use it for TV every single day. And they can use it for gaming. But it's so much slower. And I know Scorpio is coming out to fix and make the Xbox what it should be. Already, that's what people have to remember. You're going to go and spend four or five hundred dollars on an Xbox that it should have been the first time when it came out, but it wasn't because it wasn't ready because they were months behind Sony. And the only reason why they released the Xbox One to begin with was to compete with Sony, at least have a chance to, which we all know gave Sony the advantage and became the number one selling console of all time in the PlayStation 4, surpassing the PlayStation. Two. So, games that are coming out, you know, um, let me get that list pulled up here for you. You look at Sony, and you look at, uh, you know, Xbox, and you start figuring out which is the more feasible, okay, dollars that you're going to spend into a console. And when we say dollars, we basically say, okay. This is what I want to spend for my PlayStation. 
my Xbox. You know, who has the better better deals here? What am I going to spend money on? Now, of course, you can download from what I see on the PlayStation Store uh, the Friday the 13th game, which looks pretty cool for only thirty nine ninety nine, And they have that blowout sale, which looks pretty awesome, too. So you can get some awesome content on sale online already in the celebration of E3. And why the hell would you not? So, okay, let's take a look real quick. Coming in January, we start looking at some of the, the bigger games. Of course, the phenom of anime Hatsune Miku, uh, Project Deep of Future Tones, coming to PlayStation 4. That's pretty big considering the fact that, of course, PlayStation is based out of Japan. Then you start looking at some other little things. And, um, you know, we look into what you really can use for your PlayStation. And let me get that pulled up. Hold on one second. Okay. So we look at Xbox One. Pit People is an early access game. Rise and Shine is an exclusive for Xbox. Um, you know, those two type of games are Xbox and PC, mainly PC games. They both come out on my wife's birthday in, in January, uh, you know, of this year. And then you go and you start diving into the later end of the year. You see here. It's a lot different when you're alone. <laughs> but of course, I got it. And of course, I have a hard mice or mice hard lemonade in my hands here too, so that kind of helps a little bit there. Let's go in July. Okay, so you look at the games coming out in July. Um, first and foremost, we'll go back to June actually. Um, we have Elder Scrolls Marvel when that came out. Of course, a few other ones coming out, too, such as the Golf Club, Crash Bandicoot, which I'm looking forward to. Um, let's see here. Crash Bandicoot had some awesome games that came out back in the day for PlayStation 1 and 2. Uh, some of the three weren't so great, but 4 has the trilogy of the original awesome ones. Um, let's see here. But, of course, you know, that's coming back out. Ah. All right, so July, we have awesome games. Of course, the Switch has to go with their number one selling game for the Wii U, which is Splatoon 2. And then, of course, the 3DS has their own exclusive in Hey, Pikmin. Um, those couple of games are pretty okay for a Switch and for, of course, the 3DS. But then you start looking at some other things like Fate slash Xtella, the Umbrella Star, and it's not all what it should be. You start thinking like, where are my hot titles? Where are the exclusives? What are what do I have to spend this money on? And then you gotta wait. August, nothing. And in September you gotta get Pocket Tournament DX. Decent game, but then in October nothing. November nothing. And then of course nothing until probably December, which will be a smaller game. So then again you start looking 
is it worth buying a Switch if I'm not a hardcore gamer in Nintendo? And at this point, I'm going to have to say, folks, green tomato-wise, there's a lot being thrown. I would say no. I wouldn't get a Switch at this point. I would give it a couple of years. Let it work out the kinks. Get an exclusive that you want, you know, and get some awesome games for it that's already out or games you've been dying to play for the last year or six months or whatever, and get something that works for you. Look at the Xbox One. All right, that's the next step. Has Fable Fortune coming out in July. In August, it has Mega Man and Sonic Mania from Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, Madden comes out on that. Okay, so I already know the Switch is not going to have Madden the first year that it's out. It did in the Wii U as far as some of the older Wii games being able to be back with compatible, but not for the Switch. September, the ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Infinite comes out, and then Destiny 2 comes out. So you're already seeing a month-to-month concurrent with Xbox games coming out. And you have Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Uh, November, you have Call of Duty World War II, Me for Speed Payback, which is basically a skim-off, the old block of Phase of the Furious 8. Lego Marvel Superheroes 2, and then of course Star Wars Battlefront. Big, big time. So then there's a lot of other games that have been confirmed that have not actually been released. Metal Gear Survive, uh, they don't have official dates yet. Um, Metal uh, Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim, supposed to be coming out for the Switch. We'll see if that comes out. I'm going to guess it'll either be November or December for the holiday sales. Super Mario is coming out for the Switch. So, this, I mean, you see a couple games there for it. But it's nothing really that's going to impact the sale, I think. So let's look at PlayStation 4. You dive into it from July all the way till November. In July, they have Final Fantasy VII, The Zodiac Age, Yonder of the Cloud, Cat, you know, Catcher Chronicles. You know, we have that on there. And then, of course, you also have Pyre coming out, which is also PC. That it comes out for it. And then August rolls up. You have Hellblade, the exclusive, which looks pretty cool. Mega Man Legacy, we talked about. Sonic Mania, we talked about. Madden 18, we talked about. A uh, few exclusive PlayStation games Absolver, Warriors All Stars, Everybody's Golf, Yakuza Kiwakami, or Kiwami, my air. Uh, Destiny 2 Marvel versus Capcom. Then you have Dangan Rampa versus Killing Harmony. I have no idea what that is, but it is a PlayStation exclusive. I'm pretty sure it's a fighting game. Then you have Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. The uh, sequel is Shadow of War. And then South Park comes out, Call of Duty, Need for Speed, Lego Marvel, Star Wars Battlefront. Then you start looking at some of the confirmed games, okay? Boundless is coming out. Death Gambit is coming out. And Gran Turismo is coming out. You know, you have these games that are in there that are huge. And, yeah, of course, okay, I'll give it to people. See if these is one that we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Crackdown 3. Woo. Um, I mean, there's a couple exclusives here and there. But you look at it, and PlayStation has exclusives. They have what you want. And, of course, they dive further into what you have to have for your console. So you definitely need to do that. You know, you get you get your console, you get your exclusives, you get better customer service, and of course you get better accessories. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you definitely think PlayStation is where it's at. 
Um, of course, we look at some of the awesome games that are coming out. And one, of course, is Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is probably one of the most epic legacy games of all time. Started out on an app, okay? It was a Assassin's Creed game on an app, and it turned into a saga. Not only that, but having its own indie movies, but it also had, you know, it also had its own recent mega hit movie, which they're already making plans for a sequel. So I'm actually excited about that and seeing, you know, exactly what they have in store for this particular, you know, storyline. And are they going to go back to the original uh, hit that it once was? So we'll have to see what Ubisoft has in store. And then, of course, you know what we have to do with Ubisoft. All right. So now that we've gotten through some of the E3 topic there, uh, we have an awesome guest coming on. Uh, her name is Mandy Young. Uh, she's got some awesome, awesome stories to tell to us tonight. Of course, um, she's a personal friend of mine from way back when. Uh, used to see her all the time when my mom worked in the real estate office with her family. Uh, she's always had a smile on her face. She's always giving out big hugs. Um, you know, of course, she's endured a lot in her lifetime, and she's been one of the most inspirational people that I know personally. Um, and if you want to know more about her, you can always find her on www.mandyyoung.com where you can find her on Facebook uh, or her IG and uh, be able to see and read more from Mandy. And uh, first of all, Mandy, how are Hi. you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a nice uh, night to sit on the front porch. Uh, we're kind of scared to sit on the front porch tonight because supposedly those guys that broke out of jail are in Conyers right now. So oh, kind of well, weird here. <laughs> well, lock the doors and hide the women. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're doing. <laughs> well, that's a news update for everybody. All our Conyers listeners. I know, huh? right? <laughs> we don't yeah, want anything don't to turn like out London. Of your house. Yeah, it's, yes. it's crazy right now, but... Anyway, so other than that, we're great. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, other than the, you know, asteroid coming, everything is great. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. So, it's all wonderful besides that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I hate <laughs> it for you. It's it's very pretty out right now. But, yeah. uh, okay, so I, I see on your website, you get asked every day, you know, how you lost your leg. Um, can you tell us yeah. a story about that? Sure. Um so I was born a healthy nine-pound baby with ten fingers and ten toes, and shortly after that is when my life became consumed with doctors and hospitals and illness. And uh-huh. when I say illness, I'm not talking about, like, coughing and sneezing and runny noses. I'm talking about, like, um, I had spinal meningitis three times. I had a stroke that paralyzed the left side of my body, and I had to learn how to walk and talk again. I had so many seizures. Doctors said I would be a human vegetable. Then there were three separate comas stress rates that turned into scarlet fever, double pneumonia, tubes put into my ears 11 times. I had my mastoid bone was infected and had to be removed because the infection was almost touching my brain. Uh, one fever blister within hours turned into hundreds in my mouth and down my throat and into my lungs. And one birthday morning I woke up with a horrible, horrible stomach ache. And it, was, and it took the doctors three months to figure out that I had an infective lymph node and not stomach cancer. And so... That all happened to me before I was even four. 
And so we were going to doctor after doctor, having test after test run, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. And mm-hmm. um, we started going um, – I started getting better. There was, a, there was a point in time where I started getting better. My infections were getting more and more spread out. And um, my doctors were like, okay, if she can go five years without getting sick, we'll just consider this like a childhood thing, and we won't even worry about it anymore. And that's when the leg happened. And I had contracted Gaskin Green and Clostridia septicemia. I was the first person since World War II to have the two together. And my parents were given less than a 3% chance to live even after the amputation of my leg. And so um, we were kind of desperately looking for answers and trying to figure out why I kept getting sick and what was causing me, you know, to have all these problems and Right. Then I started going to the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, and I became a guinea pig there for 14 years. And mm-hmm. we finally figured out what was wrong with me when I was 23 years old. So that's kind of like right. the quickest synopsis I can give <laughs> no, no. Of, of how I lost my leg. Well, you know, a lot of people call it a disability, but from the time that I've met you, You've never let it be a hindrance to you. Instead, it's always seemed to me that you've turned it into a positive uh, Mm -hmm. way to reach out. And honestly, your personality always shined through. Um, Oh, thank you. Of course, yeah. I mean, well, that's who you are, Mandy. I mean, you've always had that positive, upbeat personality where that outshines and outweighs any question. And if I remember correctly... I knew you for a long time before I even had the guts to ask you or even really even I actually thought about asking you how it happened. Right. And that's just the type of I person know, that you I'm are. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, is this also, yeah. you know, talking about that, is it something that inspired you to speak out and become, you know, like a leader or a witness or even, you know, lead you into public speaking? Um. Yeah, I mean, it definitely influenced a lot of things. Um, There was a point in time, probably 15 years ago, I had a friend that played for the Atlanta Hawks. And Mm -hmm. he had a foundation, and I was the spokesperson for his foundation. So whenever he couldn't go to something or on behalf of his foundation, if he had a game or, you know, they were out of town or whatever, then I would Mm -hmm. have to go and speak on behalf of it. And now, who who was, who was in the foundation, if we can ask? Dion Glover was the Atlanta Hawks oh. player. He now coaches in the NBA, um, and but he lives here in Conyers. Like, he's from Conyers. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had become friends, and um, so I would go and speak for his foundation, and, like, I did not like it whatsoever. I, if you would have told me 12 years ago that I would be a motivational speaker now, I would tell you that you are absolutely out of your mind, like out of your mind. <laughs> but um, then a few years ago, I, it was kind of weighing on my heart that this is maybe what I was supposed to do. And mm-hmm. I was sitting at a women's conference one weekend in Wisconsin, of all places, and it was like Thank God you. just sh- me and he was just like I have given you I've let you live through things that I have not let other people live through usually when somebody gets one of the things that I've had they die 
I've given you mm-hmm. so many things and I've let you live. I've given you a personality where you've never met a stranger, and I've given you a mouth that never shuts up. Why are you not <laughs> doing this And so I was just like, you know what? You're right. Like, you, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry I ever doubted this. I'm sorry that I ever – and all of a sudden I had this whole new appreciation for it and that this is the other half of what I'm supposed to be doing for him on this earth is just giving him the glory for everything that I've gotten to live through and being joyous about it, turning the sorrow into happiness and joy and joyfulness and giving him glory back for all of it in the end. Yeah. And you know something too, like I've known your family for a long time and my mother, of course, longer than that. And your family's always been one set of, group of people that has always been some of the most positive people. And I can say that I've only known probably one other person to be that way, but you never find a family unit as a whole to be that way. So I find it very impressive. I contribute that a lot to my parents. I mean, my parents are absolutely amazing. And that was always, especially my mom's, um, goal, you know, was even though there's so much sadness surrounding us constantly, our goal is to laugh at least once a day, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was always about, it was never my disease alone. It was our disease to handle together and that it, it was never the burden of one person. It was the burden of the four in a unit, you know, and so, so, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. I was going to say, so when it comes to you, like your personality and stuff, yeah. can I, all right, I'm going to guess, do you get that from your dad? Uh, no, no, he is pessimistic. My dad is very pessimistic. My mom is very optimistic and I feel like I'm an <laughs> optimist realist. <laughs> now what about your sister? Like, Alex is a, Alex is optimistic, too. I would say that she's pretty much an optimist realist, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would be the most optimistic of all four of us. Yeah, but no, Dad is definitely the pessimist of the family. Like, yeah, I love him, and he's the strong, <laughs> you know, he's the the strong boulder of our group, but he is not the most um, positive person I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he might be the mother hen like my dad. <laughs> yeah, it could, yeah, totally, totally. That's probably what it is. Because, you know, you, yeah. you and your sister have always been socialites. So I, I just kind of was thinking maybe, like, you know, he's a closet socialite. You know what I mean? No. Like, he's very no. quiet. But you get that from your mom, no. though, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, yeah. So I'm assuming she has <laughs> to push him to go out and do things. He just, yeah, he he he's fine with it just being the four of us. Well, now the seven of us with my my brother-in-law and the nieces. Like mm-hmm. he's fine with it just being the seven of us and not, you know, whatever. Um, but we have to break him of his shell every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, my dad's the same way, which is kind of funny. It brings yep. some similarities, you know, in both families. Right. That's so, right. That's you've uh, so you've done public speaking and you've gone through you know different uh, you know organizations and everything and I didn't mm-hmm. know until recently of, of course in the last year or two years that actually you knew Candace from Full House 
um, and in the sense that yeah. you've known her you for didn't a, know a that? long time. I had no clue. That's so. so all right, you got to tell that's me because like I've never asked that, that. People. Yeah, I know, but I guess that's the one thing that like people find out, and that like I literally get stopped in airports because like people are like, "Oh my word, you're Candace Cameron Bray's best friend." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I see you on her Instagram all the time. Yeah, um, well, I mean, like so, okay, how did that on happen? Instagram sometimes. So, twenty-seven years ago, when I was in the hospital, when I lost my leg, um, Kirk, her brother is Kirk Cameron. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that, which surprises me. So, Kirk was um, basically the Justin Bieber of the '80s, early '90s. And he was yeah. on a TV show called um, Growing Pains. Sorry, my line went blank yeah. for a second. Um, he was on Growing Pains, and he played Mike Seaver. And um, so he had come to the hospital to meet sick kids one day, and I happened to meet him. And then a couple of weeks later, we got a phone call from his mom or their mom, and they they asked us to come out to L.A. for a long weekend, and we went to the set of Growing Pains and – we went to the set of Full House, and um, it was just a really cool, awesome weekend, you know. And then Kirk does a camp that he holds every year um, for terminally and seriously ill families. Um, he takes six to seven families on vacation, an all-expense-paid vacation. Because really, like, people don't know, realize it, but, like, when you're sick in the hospital – you don't get vacations. You don't get mm-hmm. to get out of a hospital, especially if you're on IV medications or feeding tubes or oxygen. Like, your life is at home, and, like, you don't have extra money to be able to do any kind of extracurricular things, you know. Right, and so Kurt right. uh, felt really led, and so he has this case that he does every year, and um, everything's fully paid for, and medicine is all given he has like all medical staff on staff there waiting for you so that you get your IVs you get your shots you get your feedings you get everything that you would need just like if you were in a hospital and wow, that's we awesome. went this year yeah we went the second year he ever had it and um then we've just been friends 27 years later we're all still friends now, did that also have a role to play as far as public speaking? Like, did did you talk to him about it or Candace and kind of pull their to opinion? About it. Yeah. Well, because Candace um, does some speaking at churches and stuff like that, and that's actually who I was in Wisconsin with when mm-hmm. God pushed me. Um, mm-hmm. She was speaking for an event in Wisconsin, and I had gone with her. So I travel with her. Like, if she speaks at a church or something like that, I usually travel with her and I'm kind of like her on-road assistant. And um, I was like, okay, if I feel that feeling this weekend, I'm going to talk to her about it. And we had been there for like three or four days at this point, and it was our last day there, and we'd gone to breakfast before the conference started. And I was like, okay, I feel it. I'm going to talk to her. And I said, hey, I've got something I want to talk to you about. And she was like, wait a second, before you even say anything, why are you not doing this? And I was like, what? And she was like, why are you not speaking? Like, this is what you should be doing. And I was like, oh, my word, that's exactly what I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I kind of – she getting in the, the realm of speaking really sparked my interest when I started seeing what she did and, like, the impact that you can have. And right. then God shoving me just did the rest of the trick. 
So I have another question that's kind of off topic. So you got to go okay, on the set of Full House and everything. Did you get to meet John Stamos? I did. Is he as hot as what people think back. he is? Is he what? Is he as hot as what people he think is? he is? Uh, duh. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, totally, totally. One fun fact that I have is that for my 13th birthday, um, he was actually, you know, he travels with the Beach Boys a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody knows that or whatever, but he's like a huge Beach Boy fan. And, like, he travels with them a lot and does concerts with them. And so for my 13th birthday, and I was, like, a huge Beach Boys fan growing up. And so they happened to be coming to Atlanta around my 13th birthday, and John Stamos was going to be there with them. And so my parents took me and 13 of my friends to the Beach Boys concert, and then I got to go backstage and see John and then um, meet a couple of the Beach Boys, which was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. It was totally awesome. That's pretty cool. Of course, I'm sure his mm-hmm. hair was probably the best part of it as well. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, you know, you've met my brother John, and at one point yeah. he actually used to treat his hair the same way. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. what boy doesn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I can't do that as much anymore. But, right. uh, I, <laughs> but you know, back in the day, of course, I had the long flowing right. locks, of course. But, uh, so, okay, so the next question I have for you is, you do a lot of public speaking. You work with a lot of organizations. Are there any plans on possibly writing a book? Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A a lot of people have been asking me that lately. I get asked a lot when I go and speak places. Um, And it could happen. It just hasn't happened yet. And um, I'm just kind of waiting for God to open that door. I don't want to push something that I don't know if I'm led to do it. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of one of those things like I'm waiting to see if God opens a door for that. So I'm not necessarily saying no, but I'm not necessarily saying yes. But I would be right. right. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I definitely think you should. I mean, like everybody else has told you. I definitely think you should because you've got such a positive attitude. You've got such a great story. Um, of course, it's very uh You've been able to touch people's lives and work with di- different organizations and help people be more aware, aware of what you had to go through and what really, not just technically what you've gone through, but like you said, people who have uh, these things that occur in their lives where they're stuck in a hospital bed. You know, I actually have a friend who was in a car accident and he is a miracle. He's still alive. He should be dead. And uh, he's been in the car or I'm sorry, he's been in the hospital for about almost two, two and a half months and had several surgeries and everything. And he's going through physical therapy to be able to speak and move his body Mm -hmm. around and, you know, go through that. So, you know, he listens to the podcast. So I'm sure that he appreciates and can relate to being in the hospital for a long time and having to fight and go through things to be alone. You know, and mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I think is amazing, what you said, you know, Candace's brother, uh, you know, doing every single year that camp. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it is awesome. Uh, it'd be awesome yep, to see. Y'all be praying for that because it's, it's coming up. They'll get campers on Saturday. 
Oh, wow. They're they're twenty. This is either year twenty nine, I think of it, because if I went twenty, so it's twenty year twenty eight um, that wow. you've done this camp, and they get their campers this coming Saturday. So that's awesome. Pray for them to have a good camp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, are you planning on attending or swinging by or? Um, actually, I'm going to go to. Um, they have a reunion day on Thursday, so I'm going to go to that. But um, then. We'll see after that. I mean, no, I, I'm not going to stay. I'm just going to go for reunion day. You might. If they tell you to stay and, like, make s'mores or something, I could see you doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> so. like, as long as I don't have to make a tent, it's cool. Right? <laughs> yep, totally. I'd be so, all into that. I, I, hope that. I hope you really do do a book because I, I would definitely like to read it. You've always been one with words. Um you know, you, like I said, you've got a lot of experience, and you have so many plugs that I guess your gift of being able to be a socialite, I guess you could say, and be so mm-hmm. positive has opened up so many doors for you to be able to be that witness for everyone, which is awesome. Um, well, thank that, you. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, of course, as well, we just found out that you're going to be on Family Feud, you and your family. So I bet that was one of those things that you had yeah. to push your head to do. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we totally did. We were pushing my dad and my brother-in-law, and we finally had to kick my brother-in-law off the team and replace him um, because his work schedule oh, just wasn't working with the taping schedule. Um, okay. So dad kind of had to go it alone because my cousin was all in. Like, he was all in. But, um, <laughs> yeah, dad, dad had to step out of his element for a little bit for that. Yeah, well, you know, he does he watch it all the time? Well, yeah, we watched a lot before we before we went, you know, like you have to prepare and all that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. we were trying to pick our different strategies and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we watched a lot before we went. Well, that's awesome. Well, of course, I already mm-hmm. told you about this already, but to kind of help you get prepped and ready, I have some questions for you. Oh, it's, God. Of course, okay. a family feud. So... This okay. will help prep you. Of course, I already know. I think you're going to do fine. Okay. My prediction is that Alex is going to freak out, and she probably will be laughing, I think, probably more than anybody. Okay. So, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, are right, we so doing, like, wait, J- is this, like, fast money way, or is this, like, I have to buzz in way? All right, this is like, going to be the, fast money. Fast Money, okay. All right. So Fast Money, you have, you know, total, we'll give you we'll give you a total of 20 seconds to answer these questions, okay? okay? This is some good practice okay. for oh, you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Why am I nervous all of a sudden? Oh, goodness. Well, you I see, wasn't you're, even you're this nervous even when we did right the now. show. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't even this nervous when we actually did it, so I don't know. Go ahead. Let's go. All right. Here we go. Name something people do at the ballpark during the national anthem. Uh, sing. Name a place you hope has a really clean public restroom. A hospital. Name the most romantic season. Valentine's Day. Name a reason people don't like to carpool. Uh, bad driver. Name someone who gets paid to wear a mask. 
uh, a goalie. And name something that contains the word Mac. Contains the word what? Mac. Big Mac. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was horrible. No, it was great. You did really good, actually. That was horrible. Okay. So just to say, by chance, that Uh Alex got up there and she got 100 points. (laughs) Right. Okay. And then you had to get up there. Okay. Okay. So while you were doing the questions, I checked them off and already pre-added them. You, Mandy, would have gotten 127 points. Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You had virtually every single number one answer except for two. (laughs) No way. For real? Yeah. The Okay. So the word Mac, it was actually Big Mac that you said, right? So macaroni was number one. And then uh, people who wear masks. uh, Let's see here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, people that don't like the carpool, yeah. you said the uh, bad driver. That was number two. Number yeah. one was no independence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yes. Go me. There yeah, you go. You did pretty good. So, right. We got this for a reason, man. <laughs> see? Now, okay, on the, on the show, did, did Alex actually have to go up there and do the fast money? I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. Oh, well, all right. Well, Ooh, when does it come well, out? Can we? Can you tell us that? We're thinking. Um, we're thinking it's going to be towards the end of the year, like November, December, probably. Mm-hmm. Awesome, um, but awesome. they told us that they would email us, so just be on the lookout on my social media because, um, like, literally, it will be posted on everything multiple times. I'm sure, like, when we find out. So, be on the lookout. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And, of course, tell people where we can find you, you know, for people who have listened in and heard you for the first time or maybe they follow you and they're listening now. Tell yeah. them where they can find you. Awesome. So I have my website, which is MandyYoung.com. So M-A-N-D-Y-Y-O-U-N-G.com is my website. Then um, Facebook, you can find me through there. I have a speaking page that you can follow me on. And then I also have Instagram and the handle is Mandy, M-A-N-D-Y underscore Young, Y-O-U-N-G. And you can find me, and I'm also into Twitter, and Twitter's the same, the same handle. There you go, guys and gals. That was Mandy Young, personal friend of ours, and also one of the most inspirational people that we know. Thank you, Mandy, for coming on to the JK Podcast in this awesome interview. We'd love to have you on again, hopefully before the next Family Feud episode comes out, and maybe <laughs> after, who knows. All right. That sounds good, Jesse. Tell the family we said, hey, we love them, and you have a great night. You do the same. Awesome, awesome. Again, that was Mandy Young. You can find her on Facebook. You can also find her online, MandyYoung.com. And if you need help finding her, you can go onto the JK Podcast uh, Facebook page, and you can find her links there and follow her, of course. So we have a guy that's going to be coming on the show here and uh, he's agreed to help us out a little bit with some E3 topics. I know he's a big, big Kingdom Hearts fan. If I don't even know if he has a tattoo of him yet. I would be surprised if he didn't. But, uh, Tyler, are you there, my man? Yes, sir, I am. Awesome, awesome. All right, so first and foremost, do you have a tattoo of Kingdom Hearts somewhere? 
No, not yet. I've been trying to figure out the best one. Uh, I've actually been hoping to see if they'd uh, bring out anything that popped out for Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, which the new trailer was pretty dope. I was really happy with it, but I'm still kind of upset they have not released any sort of release date. There's no inkling of when they're going to bring it out. So yeah, I know there's a lot of people are upset about that point. I know my daughter was upset because she likes to see Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, besides that, I mean, they, they did roll out some really cool stuff with uh, Final Fantasy add-ons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, it, I, don't, I don't know if uh, you heard, but uh, the cool thing about this new Final Fantasy 15 is they're actually asking the audience what they want as add-ons. And oh, they that's actually awesome. did a huge survey. They actually did a huge survey on the game, and I, I think it's actually still up. I don't know if they've taken it down yet, but they give you a huge list of different things that you could ask for, and they said that they're probably going to add in maybe three or four of them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really cool because they're adding on a lot of really cool backstory and different playable characters. They're also going to be rolling out the first Final Fantasy online co-op. Oh, wow. Um, not not like the online MMOs, of course, but like if you were to pick up Final Fantasy, me and you can make our own characters and then roll through the game with with each other. That's pretty cool. Well, I guess that's the future of gaming now is that local play or multiplayer, you know, story mode play. Well, I think that most people just don't like after beating the story by yourself, you you want to you want to play with your friends. It's right. it's pretty simple. I mean, it, it Final Fantasy is great. It's a great story game. Every single one of them that's ever come out has been pretty good. Maybe not the 13 trilogy, but uh, <laughs> they, you know, without without being able to play with your friends, after a while you're just kind of like, wow, I'm sitting here killing a monster with, you know, nothing else to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> it always makes your day better. But uh, um, they're also saying Square Enix is Square Enix is also saying that they're rolling out a, a whole new game. Um, they're announcing it July 15th. They're put like a little teaser, like backdrop silhouette photo out. It looks, I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to roll out because they've been using the same franchises for a while. Yeah. So we were talking about that earlier and you said that you saw some awesome things from Square Enix. What are some other things that you saw from E3 from Square Enix or even from anything else that you noticed? Well, uh, they rolled out some more trailers for um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which looks fantastic mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah. they haven't really—they haven't really given any more information about the release date on that either. So Square Enix is—you know—they're rolling out—they're rolling out a lot of really cool trailers. The graphics look good, the gameplay looks good, but they refuse to give any information about how long it's going to take them. <laughs> I yeah, mean, which to me feels it, like it, they should already have something out because. I remember when Deus Ex was on one side of the hall and Final Fantasy was on the other when they were making them. Yeah. And it seems like they would have something. Do you think it's more of an anime type year for Square Enix versus shooters and adventure? I think that they're definitely going to try and stick to their more animated uh, games this year round, but they're going to try and incorporate more online play with those games. That's what I think. I think it, like right. they're completely changing the battle system of seven. They're giving it the same battle system as fifteen, but it looks like they're probably going to give you the chance to switch between characters like mid battle, and that tells me that they're probably going to do the same thing that they're doing with fifteen with seven, where me and you can play as different characters and roll through the story together. Right, and of but course I feel like this will bring. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, that hasn't been announced or anything. That's just what I feel like. That's, you know, h- how it seems to me. So, 
Right. Well, if anything, it'll definitely bring in, you know, the the traditionalist of Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, you know, that RPG role play. And then, of course, newer fans that love to play online are looking for something that's different but new. It's, you know, something other than Destiny. Yeah, that's that's what they were hoping to do with 15, and I think that they're I think they're gonna get there once they roll out the actual online co-op. Um, mm-hmm. But they I, I I personally feel like they did a really good job with 15. I heard a lot of mixed feelings about it, but for people who are first timers, 15 is a great game for them to play because the biggest complaint I hear for first timers is like I don't like the turn-based combat. But 15 right. is you can choose. If you wanna you wanna play it turn based, you can play it that way. You wanna play it uh um real time, you can play it that way. So what about um, like people who like Star Wars and you have Battlefront two coming out? Is this something that's gonna make you a little more excited than Battlefront the first um, one or I don't know? honestly I'm excited for Battlefront two because it looks like they are elaborating on the story so much more. And to me, to me, I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be one of the best shooters of, of, of uh, this year. It's coming out this year, yeah. right? The end of the year. I believe it is. I, I think it's I think, coming out December. I think it's going to be fantastic. I really do because it looks like they put a lot more time into this one. I was really bummed out with the first one, uh, just mm. because there wasn't—you know—there wasn't really any story. All it was was just kind of like online campaign. Um, right. So I, I, this new one with the storyline, I'm excited for big time. Absolutely. I feel the same way as you do. And of course, you know, them having a female protagonist is of of course going to play into the role of the female gamer. And then of course, uh, I guess today's pop culture where we have a female lead. Um, Now, do you feel like Call of Duty, of course, we all know for us people who are in depth with the gaming world, they stole World War II from EA before they can make it, of course. Do you feel like this is going to be something that's going to rejuvenate the Call of Duty series? Honestly, I do because they for for the for the past couple games they've just kind of gone off track. Um, it, Call of Duty is a war game. It, the reason people like Call of Duty is because they want to you know play war as if it were how it is here on our planet. And then the past couple games they have gone in outer space and gone with crazy technology. Don't get me wrong, I keep up to date with all the new technology that comes out, and there's some crazy suits out there for soldiers now, but there's a certain point where it's just unrealistic and people don't want to play that. If people want to play an unrealistic game, that's a shooter, they'll go and play Halo or destiny. That's what they're made for. Call of duty right. is meant to be a war franchise. Right. So I think that, I think that them doing this is going to, is going to make the franchise just that much better. Now rumors, as far as, you know, uh, fight night coming back out and some of these old games, you know, they've kind of come and gone, and a lot of people haven't seen a lot of perspective from it. But then you start seeing games like Crackdown coming out for Xbox. Uh, and, you know, even the new uh, Metal Gear Solid coming out, which we all thought was going to be done. Uh, and then even, uh, was it uh, Met- Metro coming back out recently? And then what was the one that just came out? Uh, man, Mass Effect, there you go. Do you think that these rejuvenated yeah. series are going to take hold and, and get those people to come back and play it? Or do you feel like they're kind well, of being half-assed? Well, see, I'm, I would say as far as Andromeda goes, I was afraid that that's what 
they were going to do with Andromeda, especially when I saw the beta videos and the graphics and how messed up the gameplay was. The beta did Mm -hmm. not look good. But I will say that the final product, the storyline and everything, I think that they did a really good job with Andromeda, uh, especially trying to create like a whole new series um, Mm -hmm. because it it ties in the timeline perfectly. And it is actually a pretty well-made game. But as far as these other games that are trying to bring back the franchise, I don't know. Um, I'm afraid that some of these franchises are just doing it because they think they can make money off of it and it may end up just coming out as crap. Uh, But Mm -hmm. hopefully they will follow Andromeda's example and if they're going to bring back a franchise, just don't kill it. Yeah, and you know, that was definitely uh, something that was a a difficult thing to do because you look at the series that everyone thought was over and the way the story ended and they took it and rejuvenated it in a way that only Hollywood really could technically do, you know? Well, Hollywood has really taken over the gaming industry here lately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of like one of the topics, too, is like Assassin's Creed, you know, the movie and everything. Yeah. How did you like the movie? How did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, Michael Fassbender did an awesome job. Uh, The female lead also did a pretty good job as well. Uh, I think that the animus was a little bit different, uh, which was refreshing. You know, because, you know, us gamers, we know what the animus really looks like and what, uh, you know, Abstergo has been able to do over the course of its history. But making it like the beginning, like it's something raw, uh, made me feel a little bit different, but not bad about it. I actually liked it. Now, of course, going back and forth between the eagle and the animus, even though it was exhausting, kind of gives you the feeling of what that person goes through as well. It, It could be exhausting for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me personally, I thought the Animus was fine how they did it. And uh, as far as the movie adaptation of it, I thought it was pretty well done. I didn't expect it to be the same story or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I do hope that they continue. I hope that they at least do a second movie so that they can continue the storyline. And and I do hope that it's not uh, the same as the game. They did confirm a second movie is being made. It's supposed to be coming out next fall. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I I really hope that that they come up with a new story for this because, uh, you know, a lot of people, when when they hear like, oh, they're going to be making this game into a movie, this is one of those games that there's so many different lives that you could go through that in a movie adaptation, you should be able to change the story however you want. And speaking of Assassin's Creed, how did you feel about Origins? Um, You know, I thought Origins was okay. Uh, me personally, my favorite is always going to be three. Um, mm. I just thought three was, I just thought three was the best gameplay for me. Uh, Origins was okay. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Um, I did like the storyline. It was different. Yeah. I like the fact that you're going to be able to go and go into ancient Egypt, which I feel is pretty cool. You know, um, but. How far back? From what I hear, I believe it's supposed to be before any of the original, including Altair. So they're going back to the beginning. Yeah. Well, that would that would be pretty cool. I just hope that that they. My biggest problem with my biggest problem with Assassin's Creed right now is that the storyline doesn't make sense anymore. 
Right. I agree. And because I feel like them maybe taking the last couple of years off may have given them a chance to actually put quality into it. And I'm a, that that's my biggest worry is that, you know, Origins may just end up being another story like Black Flag where it really wasn't any story-based. It was just a game where you could go out and be a pirate, essentially. Right, right. And even though Black Flag had some good points in it, it definitely didn't have the story of three. It didn't have the story, you know, of two and Revolution even. You know, it just felt like it was an open-world-based game where you're like, here you go, here's what you do, and you do whatever you want to do. And see, that's that's cool, but Assassin's Creed had had a, you know, had a, had a really good feel before that. It was a right. really fun game before that. And the story was the biggest part for me. You know me, I'm an RPG guy. I love storyline games. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, but with with Assassin's Creed killing off the main guy and then not even explaining what happens after that, you know, it's just it's just kind of like the biggest cliffhanger ever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Desmond was too big to not incorporate in these last couple of games, and I feel like they do owe some justification. And maybe, who knows, maybe when they plan on ending the series that they end it with the mysteries and the answers being all tied in together. And see, I would love, uh, and see, if this, if Origins is going to be something that would actually tie in the storyline, I will fall in love with it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, here's how I feel. Ancient Egypt, Assassin's Creed, how can you mess that up? That's true. I mean, ancient Egypt is a pretty cool place already. And there's not many games that's in that setting. Right. And think of it like this, too. If they do use the storyline, what rumors are going around as Cleopatra and the Romans, that's a pretty romantic and awesome story to relive as a gamer. So, I mean, unless you completely don't dive into quality and the flow of gameplay, I feel like there's just two, this is a hit or miss. Either they, it's all out or it's just not good at all. Yeah, that and I agree with you there. I think that uh I think that when they roll this one out that if if this one bombs, they should they shouldn't even do another one. Yeah, I agree. And you know, even Ubisoft had some questions on the board of uh, you know, of all the I guess their their board of commissioners and everything. They actually barely won their vote. And uh they basically were told by the company who has some heads in the actual board that if they start flopping like they've been doing like they did with rainbow six and the division and uh you know a few of the games that came out before that as far as assassin's creed and everything goes so they were actually going to take over the company and just basically rip it to shreds because of the quality so i'm hoping that they heeded those words and they actually put quality into this game um much like they kind of did a little bit with you know, Ghost Recon, it felt like a Rainbow Six with a huger map, but I uh, hope that they actually do a better quality game for Assassin's Creed. Yeah, uh, and and they have had their issues with quality with Assassin's Creed in the past, too, and that's kind yeah. of why I, you know, dropped off of it. Like, Unity. Unity was a bomb. Unity, was was, when it came, it was, it was so glitchy. There were so many problems with it. I mean, they even gave, like, they even game like gave away games because of how bad it was. Mhm. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that it was a big, and, big and, fall for them. 
and, and that right there was one of the like I honestly thought Unity was the death of Assassin's Creed. Okay, so two games that you would tell people to buy that's coming out, and two games that you would say stay away that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I will say the one I'm most excited for probably this year because I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a Switch. Um, the new Xenoblade that is coming out on the Switch looks fantastic. Awesome. Um, that one I want to get one that I would probably stay away from for this year. I'm afraid that, uh, I'm afraid that I'm not going to like destiny two this year. Yeah. Same here. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I think that, I think that the direction that they're going is good, but they have a bad habit of releasing a game too early and not having nearly enough content. So I have a bad feeling that they're going to do the same thing with this one. Yeah, I, I've, that, I have the same that, feeling. That's one that I'm going to keep my eye on. But uh, besides that, I'm really hoping, I'm I'm really hoping that they announce a release date for Kingdom Hearts this year. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they've been working That's on it for a up. long time. They they announced it back in 2006. It's been 11 yeah, years. Yeah, and. They definitely need to either crap or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, one more that I would probably not get. Me, personally, I'm going to stay away from Metro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that. I am glad that they're bringing back Metroid Prime on the Switch, though. Yeah, that looks pretty promising. I was shocked when they didn't do that the first time and they brought it on the 3DS. Yeah, me too. That seems like would have been like one of the first games to come back because you know you know they are all about their nostalgia. Now, do you think they were doing that because they were trying to, you know, get something to come out for the Switch versus the Wii U, and the 3DS was going to stay concurrent, so they decided to have it released on that? Oh, honestly, i I think that I think that when the 3DS came out, they they didn't really want to worry about Metroid Prime at the time because they were they just redid Monster Hunter. They did Monster Hunter Four. Um, mm-hmm. They had done. They have their Pokemon franchise, which you know sells every year no matter what. And Prime was just one of the ones that they hadn't tapped into in a while. And I think that they were kind of keeping that one in reserve because nostalgia sells, and they know how to sell nostalgia. Right. And yeah. That's the, that basically Nintendo has turned into the nostalgia company, really. They come out with the same thing or remake something for the next console. But, but the, but the thing that sets Nintendo apart from just remaking stuff is, is when they remake something, they make it that much better. Like look at the new Zelda. The new Zelda is, is bigger than the Ocarina of time. And it is a fantastic game. If you haven't played it, it's great. Yeah. I might have to definitely see, you know, some gameplay on that, like face to face on that. But my next question for you is this. We played Outlast back in the day when we first got the PlayStation yep. on Twitch. And you were pretty yep. much done within the first 10 minutes of gameplay. So <laughs> if I get Friday the 13th, you going to come over and play? Uh, yes, I'll do it. 
Are you gonna are you gonna try and make me are you gonna try and make me do a live stream so that people can see how scared I get? Of course. Okay, fine. I'm a I'll big tell you what, I have until I have until dawn and I pay, I played all of fifteen minutes of it because it's terrifying. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what though, we'll make sure we have plenty of beer and stuff ready just to make sure we're not completely aware of what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Besides, I actually think this new Friday Thirteenth looks really good. It's basically. But, I am gonna be. I am movie, gonna be scared really. out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. When I saw it was only thirty nine dollars on the PlayStation, I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna have to buy this game." <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the uh, new God of War? I uh, don't like that they changed the 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 voice, even though it says or they sounds changed, the same. They changed they changed his entire appearance. Yeah, they did. It's almost like a different character, but it still it, it, appeals. It, it to is me. if you. It, it's. I mean, I I still see him as Kratos, but they have. You, you could actually look it up. They have side to side pictures of what Kratos used to look like and what he looks like now. It's it's a completely different guy. That he doesn't have any it's of the like same. They made features. him older. They did, but they but like go look at it. He they changed his eyebrows, they changed his chin, they changed his nose. His cheeks are like thicker. It's it's really weird. But I I think it's cool because aren't aren't they supposed to be doing like Norse gods in this one? Right, I think so. I heard a theory that the kid is Thor. Yes, now he's training him. Yeah. Kind of like took him under his wing type thing. <laughs> oh, it was weird to hear him call him son, though. <laughs> it is, but it's kind of cool because if you love Greek mythology or even just legend, it's basically appropriate. It's almost like Zeus having a demigod and another demigod and another demigod. You know what I mean? It's almost the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Greek mythology buff. That's why I loved God of War. Yeah, same here. Definitely. I'm I'm excited to see it, especially with Vikings and of course that time where Viking werewolves, uh vampires and all this crazy stuff is out and loved nowadays. It definitely falls under that line, you know, where people will wanna pick it up off the shelf and wanna play it, you know? Yeah. I'm also I'm also really surprised that they never actually went through with the God of War movie. Because I feel like right now, with the type of shows that we have out right now, God of War would be a great movie. I would expect it to probably happen now. Probably, you know, I would even say the creators of 300 would probably do a really yeah. good take on it as well. They would, they would kill it. I feel like they would, they would, they would do it justice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because it's do, already dark. Do we? Go, go ahead. I was going to say, because it's already dark and it has that same feel to it, and it'll be able to slow the caption down so you can actually see the chains and everything. You know, it would just be awesome. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you, do we have any more word on whether or not they're actually going to go through with the Last of Us movie? Okay, so there's been rumors going around for the last couple of years and speculation of them actually doing the movie itself. And I think that they are working on it. But Naughty Dog has been pressured to make the second one first, which is why it's taken so long. They released the DLC for, I guess, before she met, you know, the old man, of course. 
And uh, that was supposed to be the game itself, but they scrapped it, gave it a DLC attachment to it, and decided to go from scratch. And uh, to keep some of their artistic development and their, you know, talent together in Naughty Dog, they promised that they were going to make something completely different um, and make a Last of Us 2, which is what they wanted, and then, of course, come out with Crash Bandicoot, uh, which they did in the sense of making the trilogy come out this month. So it'll be interesting. So basically, if the game itself is good, then they are going to go ahead and greenlight the movie. Okay, good, because I think that that would be fantastic. I was, I, I've actually been debating on who would they would get for Joel, and I'm hoping that they get uh, Hugh Jackman. You know, I was going to say there's three people that I would choose, but I narrowed it down to two after the last couple of years. One is Hugh Jackman. I love that pick. And in a sense, Logan felt like The Last of Us. Um, and then number two was, uh, man, Gerard Butler. Number two was what? Uh, Gerard Butler, the man from 300, just oh, because Gerard. he has the same yeah. look as Joel. Yeah, I could see him. There was one other one, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I think he does a lot of weird enough movies to be able to pull it off perfectly. Ryan Gosling. You know, that's a good uh, insight there. I think that would be pretty interesting, too. I think he would be a really good Joel. Uh, and, and I'm actually really excited to see him in Blade Runner. Yeah, I am too. And I, I'm even excited to see Harrison Ford in Blade Runner too, just because, you know, it was his thing. And so just to kind of see his stamp on it or even feel in the movie will definitely be pretty awesome. I, I can't wait for that to come out myself. How do you how do you feel about the new Star Wars that's coming out? Um, I'm excited because Mark Hamill's back in the movie, and it's Luke, mm-hmm. of course. And Luke is supposed to be the most ultimate badass Jedi. And apparently, from the books and what they're leaking, there's supposed to be a lot of Jedi and Sith fights. And we see there's two scenes in the trailer itself where Kylo Ren is back in that same environment where he was with, you know, um, what's her name? Oh, man, my mind just went blank. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, the girl. What's her name? Um, Jen Ray? There you go, Ray. Bam. Okay, so there's a scene where he's in the same spot where he fought Ray the first time. And then there's another scene where he's in a different setting, like he's in a wooded area. So it kind of makes you think, okay, is he fighting, you know, Ray again in the same planet because that's where he was last time? Or is he fighting Luke in a different area or is he fighting both? So it definitely would be interesting because I want to see more of a badass Kylo Ren. And I even read a report in a document or whatever article online where the man who plays Kylo Ren actually refused to sit or be in the same room when they had lunch with Mark Hamill because he's taking his role that serious. Dang. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah he's actually he's actually only seeing him on the set when it comes time to film. And it's because he's treating him like he is his rival. So it kind of makes it seem like this is going to be a pretty dark Star Wars. Yeah, I think, I think it is too. Um, I'm actually really, really excited about the cast that they have for the Star Wars 
um, about Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, have you seen the too. cast picks? I have. Uh, I think they did a really good job. I think they probably spent more time picking the cast than they did doing the, the actual writing for the movie. So I'm hoping that it's just as good, you know, as the Star Wars yeah. story, of course. Um, I'm, but, so, uh, I'm so excited to, I'm so excited that they got Donald Glover as um, uh, Lando oh Calrissian. I think he, I think he's going to be fantastic. Dude, that if he starts like <laughs> dropping a beat in the middle of a movie, I'm going to be totally cool with that. <laughs> awesome. Well, did you see? Did you see him in The Martian? Yes. And you know what would be even funnier is if you have the the Indian dude, what's his name, Beeb or something like that. Uh, from Community, it'd be awesome if he just like shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I I can't wait, especially can't wait to see his Han Solo's backstory. I really, I think that's gonna fill in a lot of gaps. Um, but I will say that my favorite Star Wars of all time now is Rogue One. Mine too. I thought that was like the the best one ever done. Rogue One was just, it was so perfectly tied up all the loose ends in between four and three, and it was just, oh, it was fantastic. It was. Even the story, the very final five minutes of the movie where you know I'm talking about Vader comes through, you actually see the evil and the power of Vader that we all know was there, but we finally get to see it. Yeah, yeah, you actually get to see the struggle, like the real struggle that those people went through before Vader even came. Of course, yeah, and then and then the orgasmic feeling of the power of Vader, where you actually root for the dark side. <laughs> well, we're running out of time there, but um, definitely was awesome having you on the show, Tyler. Would love to have you come on and do a full uh, podcast with us. Of course, we're going to do another one coming up this uh, weekend, and we're going to talk mainly about movies, which would be awesome. I think you'd like that because it's going to be about sagas, top to bottom, okay. best, worst, flops. Uh, most grossed of all time. Okay, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm definitely down with that. So awesome, yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll come on next weekend if you want me to. Absolutely, sounds awesome, man. Well, we'll hit you back up. Thank you for joining us on the JK podcast, man. All right, no problem, brother. Take it easy. You too. That was our good friend Tyler coming on the show, and of course, that is the end of our podcast, ladies and gents, we have had a great time with you, been able to fill in all the blanks, get everything downloaded for you as far as what you need to know. And of course, when you need some late night fixing, you know where to go as the JK podcast, find us on iTunes, JK podcast one Oh one, of course. And then of course you can find us at JK podcast one Oh one on Facebook, Twitter, and if you're looking for a big fish, you found one tonight in the late night host. That's myself, Jesse, JK Podcast. Thank you for joining us.